in the Pattern Podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, more Mike Alvin. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, hold the short on the 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to episode 69 of the In the Pattern Podcast. This is Chris, and along with me tonight in the virtual hangar, I've got the whole gang. We are uh, glad to be back with you, and... Uh, we are excited that uh, Osh is upon us. Are the rest of you excited? Yay. Sure am. Yay! Yeah, it seems like uh, the social media feeds are abuzz with Osh18 details and people's uh, um, plans and excitement and everything. And I keep getting stuff in, the, in uh, our email like almost every day from um, everyone from, you know, vendors and different uh, airplane uh, uh, companies and stuff about what they're going to be doing while they're there. So I'm real excited. Good to have your email on the list. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I haven't been getting many of those, but I have been seeing all the social media feeds because uh, it looks like Camp Bacon as of today is is the thing. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the mayor and his uh, crew have erected the white elephant and... Uh, We'd like to give a shout out and say thanks to them for uh, getting there early, staking out our spot, and uh, getting the uh, the nice big white tent put up for our uh, shelter needs. And uh, Larry's now pretty much full time RVing it. Did you guys know yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, I did. Sure did. So. Nothing like living at Oshkosh for a couple weeks. <laughs> could could be worse. Could could be. One day, one day, I, I do, I do really want to make it up there uh, early and, and spend a couple weeks, but it'll probably be with kids when they're older and able to handle that. Because I think the only way I'll get buy-in is if I take any kids we have with me, and before they're too old to be like, I'm bored. Exactly. So there's there's going to be a finite window of when I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah, that'd be that'd be exciting. I uh, I, one day I'll drag the RV up there. One day, matter of fact, today, today my uh, um, so you're starting, you're heading up there now. All right, yeah, yeah right. It, it'd take me that long to drag that thing up there, probably. Hey, Pete's already on his way. So yes, my uh, my uh, home on wheels is in transit. So yeah, that would be uh, that would be very fun. A um, lot a lot of fuel stops along the way. Good way to see the country, though. Yeah. So uh, two weeks, two weeks from today, uh, actually, probably right now is when I'll be arriving or just arrived at Camp Bacon. Oh yeah. So two weeks I'll be there. Brad will already be long gone. Two weeks from yesterday, I will be uh, departing of the <laughs> the field. So yeah. But I'm excited. Uh, last episode got me got me super uh, super excited for it. And I can't wait to see everybody and hang out with all of my favorite aviation friends. Absolutely. Yeah, I think I show up, but uh, I think I get into Appleton somewhere around 11-ish, something like that. So, Yeah, you're earlier that day. I'm. Uh, my plan, too, is uh, Thursday, 
I think uh, lunchtime, I am going to beeline it to Artie and Ed's for lunch. <laughs> get your, uh, get your double, um, my, black cow. my diet, my diet is nothing for, uh, Osh week. <laughs> no, hopefully, uh, the, uh, excess steps that we all put in will, uh, make up for it, which is, it, it makes up for the, the three black cows and, uh, you know, eight pounds of, uh, fried cheese curds. Yeah. Mm, cheese curds. And but the, not uh, the beer. It doesn't make up for the beer. Yeah, the barley pops puts uh, puts a toll on you. Yeah, it's funny. I was uh, in California um, a couple weekends ago, and we we're there for the, the church camp and stuff. So we were at San Diego State University, and I was doing an average of twenty to 27,000 steps a day. And came back home. And uh, didn't lose any weight at all. Matter of fact, I think I gained a pound or two, and I guess I can just blame that on their cafeteria food or something. I don't know. I was I was a little bit ticked off, to be honest with you. I was really expecting to be about three to five pounds lighter because that's a little bit more walking than my sit down day job, you know. Doesn't make up for as much as you hope sometimes. Yeah, fake news. But that's all right. It's (laughs) worth it for Artie and Ed's and to sit under the arrival. Of uh, uh, which one's that? Uh, 927. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I can't wait to to be there listening to all that. Yeah, all that goodness. Okay. Wishing I was flying like you crazy people. <laughs> flying, shall, shall we talk about that? I've done a little bit of flying, Mark. You've done a little bit of flying. I've done a little bit of flying, yeah. And we always know Brad's always flying. I've done a little bit of flying, but uh, for one reason or another, my flights keep getting cut short. And then they keep breaking your airplanes. Yeah, there's that too. <laughs> How many Moonies are down this episode? <laughs> no Moonies. We're getting the uh, Saratoga back, I think, on the 21st. So No Moonies were harmed in the making of episode 69. <laughs> there you go. I'm going to do my best not to harm it because I'm taking it to Oshkosh. So we'll see how Very that good. goes. That's a, that's a gamble. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no. I hope not. I'm not saying for you. I'm saying for everybody else in your club. Ooh, <laughs> ouch! I've been looking through the I've been looking through the episode titles, and I think it was back in like the early teens or something. There was one about a Mooney being out. I think it started with Fran, Franz's Mooney, but then uh, oh. I just keep seeing episode title after episode title on Moonies. Yeah, well, Franz's wasn't probably due to pilot error. As far as I know. No, it was was just regular maintenance things that needed to get done. He's now, he's now heavily looking into, um, the whole avionics package to get changed. I mean, since, uh, the 2020 ADSB things getting closer and the longer you wait, the more chance of you not being able to get it done due to avionics shops being, getting filled up. So he's, you know, window shopping the heck out of, uh, what he wants to do with his panel, so he's going to get that get that uh, sorted out here pretty soon. So that'll be cool. Yeah, nice, nice Garmin panel. So yeah, he loves the Garmin. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. So well, um, I've uh, <clears throat> I've got kind of an interesting thing that happened um, to me, I guess over over the last few months is that a uh, friend of mine out here that um, that I see at different fly-in events. His name's Adam. 
um, like posted on 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 Facebook uh, several months ago that uh, he was looking for you know someone who would get in the plane with him and and uh, be PIC because of medical issues that he's facing. You know he's no longer able to be PIC. He's got you know uh, deep vein thrombosis and um, um, this and that. It just had had uh, some cancer it was melanoma type you know skin cancer and this and that so anyways for all these different reasons you know he, he can't he can't uh, clear his medical but you know he ain't going to give up flying so he needs somebody else to uh be pic in his airplane so i was like i'll be glad to go fly with you and stuff so i've got to go fly with him and log all the time and and um go to some pretty neat uh neat fly-ins that i wouldn't normally go to he he loves to take his Cherokee. He, he thinks it's a, a a bush plane or something because he loves to take it on to dirt strips all over the place. So that's that's awesome. been pretty cool. Does he have wheel pants on it? No. Yeah, no. that that helps. <laughs> yeah, there wouldn't be for very long based on where we go. Like the first time we went, uh, the first flight that we did, uh, we went over to um, uh, Red Creek, which is like a 1600 square f- or a 1600 foot like gravel strip um, with one way in and one way out. There's no go arounds. You either stick the landing or you tear up your airplane terribly. Or you stick it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. So we, uh, and so we did that. That was just a, that was, we just flew into red Creek. And then from there we went over to uh, grapevine and grapevine is really interesting. It's, it's a nice, uh, um, long paved strip i don't know it seems it's got to be around i say long just because of where it's at it's i have to look it up i, I have a feeling it's something like four thousand four thousand feet but uh it's it's right off of uh one of the lakes out here and uh and so we were on our way to, to uh grapevine but then we stopped at red creek along the way just to do a landing and a takeoff out of there and and uh, from there, we went over to Grapevine. It was part of the, like the Arizona Pilots Association. They have kind of like some meetups throughout the throughout the year. Almost every good flying weekend, they'll meet up somewhere. They don't do it during these these uh, these hot the hot months, but uh, almost every other week, they'll have something going on somewhere. So that was cool. I got to uh, fly into Red Creek and fly fly into Grapevine for the first time. I'd been wanting to do that for years. Um, there was probably about. I don't know, about a dozen planes that flew over to it. And it's not far. It's probably only about a 30-minute flight maybe from uh, from Deer Valley, so where we take off out of. Out of. But it's getting – and, and Adam just doesn't care about how hot it is. He'll go flying when it's 120 out. <laughs> not me. I'll pass. Um, I'm not interested in the uh, turbulence. So does he do – the performance calculations on that I've, I've always wondered when it gets super super hot like that if if yeah. uh, that's a thing that people do I, I don't know if he does or not uh, or doesn't um, you know density altitude obviously is is a big deal out here um, especially in the summer when it gets to be you know 100 plus degrees and uh, especially now this time of year when it's not only hot but it's humid because of the uh, monsoon season. So I don't know if he's doing much flying right now. I haven't seen him mention anything in a little while. Um, back when we flew, this was back in uh, May. It was May 19th. We did that flight. Um, it wasn't, you know, 
as hot as it is now, but it was probably in the uh, upper 80s and, and, and uh, low to mid 90s by the time we got back. So with the long strips, that's no problem. Definitely, we talked about it, as a matter of fact, that day about going into Red Creek. He definitely wouldn't do it this time of year um, oh. with this heat anymore because, you know, trying to get out of there, um, I don't think there's quite enough runway. You, mainly because it's unimproved, it's gravel. You're not going to quite get the speed out of there as you normally would. And he's got 180-horse uh, Cherokee. It does fine. And with just one or two of us in there, you know, it's it does fine. When, when I'm sure when it's when you do much more than that, it uh, starts getting a little uh, a little you know more tricky. So, but yeah, it was good. There was a bunch of guys that flew into Grapevine, like maybe like I said, about a dozen. Um, there was uh, this guy that had like a I think it was an RV six, and um, and so he takes he takes off uh, down the runway. Um, pulls up, does kind of like a hammerhead turn in the air, um, comes back down, it kind of does a 180 and comes back down across the runway, a high speed pass, pulls up the other way, and then just starts spinning it, you know, as he, as he departs the area, does a couple of, uh, a couple of, uh, spins on the way out, which was pretty cool. Uh, met a guy there with a, uh, with a Lance Air. And uh, was talking to him about the uh, flight to Catalina, and he might be down for that. So we might get another uh, person added to our uh, Catalina crew. That'd be cool. Woohoo! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. There's and the, and it was put on, like I said, by the Arizona Pilots Association. There were some people out there camping too. That was part of it. And um, man, they they cooked us uh, breakfast and lunch while we were there. So that was that was a lot of fun. Looking forward to doing more of that as it gets a little bit cooler. Then, like I think it was the next weekend, uh, went back out and this time we flew up to uh, Pleasant Valley. Um, they also call it Young International, <laughs> even though it's not an international. It's a very skinny uh, dirt strip. Dirt strip's really long, but it probably isn't. Well, I guarantee I'll, I'll have to send you a picture. I got a picture of a uh, a cub. Uh, taxiing down the runway and his uh, main landing gear are basically edge to edge of the uh, width of the runway. That's cozy. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it gets a little uh, tricky. And it really, you know, it's kind of like that, those night landings, you know, how like hyper focused you are on, on your night landings when you're trying to land on a runway that's that skinny, you know, <laughs> and that's all you got to work with. Of course, there's a little, you know, there's nothing off to the sides for a little ways. All the brush has been cleared back. You can, you can be a little bit off, but you know, you're trying to really focus on on seeing on that center line if, as if there was one. But uh, yeah, you ain't got much uh, much uh, width to work work with. So uh, you know, helps to sharpen those skills, I guess. So yeah, there wasn't hardly anybody up up there. There was only you know two other planes that even showed up, and we flew we. Uh, Someone left us a, a car to take and drive into town to go get breakfast. So it's just kind of interesting, all these little fly-ins that I didn't even know kind of existed, but uh, that they do them almost you know, every weekend that there's good flying weather. So looking forward to do that, uh, doing more of that uh, as, uh, as weather gets better. And, um, oh, yeah, um, coming up, uh, matter of fact, this 
this Saturday, uh, I'm taking uh, my wife's uh, cousin uh, up for a flight, um, and he's going to start uh, taking lessons. Uh, he went and I, I've been talking to him for like a month now. He's really interested, and in, uh, so he's going to start taking lessons out at Deer Valley. Um, he found a, like a, a new CFI. He's got a little 150 in it. Uh, he's got a little 150 that he, he flies and rents, and he's a brand new CFI. He's only got like a little over 300 hours, so he's all excited, and and uh, so I'm excited for him to to uh, to start doing that. He's it's something I've invited him to go flying with me. I don't know how many times, but um, I think his wife's you know kind of hesitant to let him go do that. So it'll be excited. He he said to me. Um, he goes, so the deal is, he goes, I, my, I was talking with my wife and she's like, uh, or I, I, I asked her, you know, for father's day, what I'd really like to do is, is go take like an introductory flight to see if I'd like, um, like it to get my pilot's license. And she's like, Oh, okay. All right. He goes, but let's just say I did like it. What if I did like it? And I wanted to get my pilot's license. Better baby senses were tingling. And she's like, uh-huh, okay. He goes, and then if we were to, and then if we were like to go somewhere, now keep in mind, you know, he's married and they've got four kids. So that's six, right? That's a lot of seats. Yeah. So he's like, he goes, so the kind of the promise I made her is that um, if we ever flew anywhere, we'd fly somewhere. If we ever fly somewhere together, I'd always have a, another, I'd hire another pilot to come along with us. Um, I was like, seven. I was like, I was like, okay, well, that plane doesn't exist for rent. <laughs> well, it depends can, on how small the kids are. You can get a seventh seat in the Saratoga. Yeah. Uh, trying to rent those. I mean, out here there's, Oh yeah, that's true. I, I mean, there's some twins you can probably rent. Um, so I'm like, I, I just, I don't know how successful you're going to be in trying to find a plane for rent. Um, that's going to have seven seats and be able to hold all that and this and that. Guess he's just going to have to buy. Well, so then that was that was my my next thing. And here's the thing: is that um, money's not really a problem, you know. Um, but he's very very humble, and he doesn't talk about it. But we all know because um, he he took over his dad's business, Michelle's uncle's business, a few years ago. He's been the president of. Of, uh, of the company for several years and yeah it's just not an issue and then then on top of that his dad did pass away last year so I'm sure there's a fairly large inheritance but so I mentioned him the I said I said the plane that you want the plane that you should buy or become a partner in or maybe buy and find a couple of partners is the da62 oh there you go there that that solves your problem I said there is there is no airplanes that can compete with it basically that can sit that many people fly that fast and uh and for that fuel burn at, at, at that price range it just that i don't think there's anything that can compete in that area so i showed him that plane and he just starts drooling he, and he just like he's infatuated with it now that that's the plane so so i said so now you don't you don't need to get now you're gonna have to get your instrument rating on top of that and your complex and uh and your twin so you've got yeah, a lot of instrument you got a lot of flying to do multi yeah yeah all the things but that'd be perfect for him i, I and um 
I really hope, hope he likes it. I hope he, the, the problem is that he's going to start his, his uh, flight instruction um, next month. It's bloody hot. I mean, at 5 a.m. when he gets up to go flying or when he gets to the airport to go flying, it's already going to be 100 degrees. So, you know, I, I flew through that when I did my instruction. It's, it's not a lot of fun. So, And you choose to live there. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't, I don't <laughs> shovel a lot of snow. So that's my trade-off. I'll, I'll take snow over that any day. <laughs> so. 1.3 million. Yeah. That's a DA-62. Yeah. You can get a nice uh, King Air for that. At like really eight, eight times the fuel burn and maintenance, probably though. It, well, certainly a higher fuel burn. Probably the engines last will outlive him, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Well, yeah, but unless he's flying five hundred hours a year, he's not gonna not gonna run into that problem. Yeah, and then I guess you know if you did buy something like that, you'd charter it right when you're not using it. You might. Um, you know, it's so much less expensive to get an old, older King Air than this that the fuel burn difference in cost, you know, it's going to take a while to spend half a million dollars of fuel. Yeah. So. Well, I know the fuel burn on a, on that DA62 is like 14 hours to, or 14 uh, total, which is, you know, I get it, but incredible for a, almost a 200 knot airplane. But even at 40 knots or at 40 gallons an hour, it's going to take a while to, to spend half a million dollars on gas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of options, but then th- yeah, there's some more ratings right there. Then right now you got to get uh, type rated, just a type rating, and on top yeah. of all the others, and uh, and yearly um, whatever it is because it's a pressurized aircraft. Details, but yeah. but the wife and the kids will be much happier in a pressurized Kinger than they will in a unpressurized sixty two. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it'd be it'd be nice not to have to deal with the whole oxygen bit and all that stuff. So, so anyways, I'm excited for Johnny. Uh, we are going to go fly on uh, Saturday in the morning, real quick, um, and hopefully, uh, weather uh, the weather uh, cooperates. And uh, it'd be really cool if it if it rained the night before and brought the uh, temperature down for the, so the morning low would be uh, not. 95 to 100 degrees so we'll see how that goes so other than that uh, I had one more flight I got to go out to uh, uh, California like I mentioned and go fly in the Great Lakes with uh, Bill and you guys saw those photos and uh, we can uh, we can um, put some of them in the show notes and stuff like that but uh, yeah the Great Lakes uh, you flew that with uh, with Bill right John Oh, yes, I did. I was extremely surprised at how heavy the controls were on that thing. Oh, yeah, it's a big old slow bird. Yeah, and, and, and four moving surfaces instead of just two for, for the ailerons, you know. But you really have to push that stick around quite a bit, which was really surprising. So the, It's uh, the, so much fun, though. Oh, yeah. And the view is incredible, I, you know. Um, flying up and down the coast is just gorgeous. We had a, we had a fantastic day, uh, weather day. Um, ATC was super accommodating going up and down the coast and, uh, around the, around the, uh, the tip of San Diego and, uh, into, um, between San Diego and Coronado and stuff. And it's, it's crazy. You're, you're rounding that, rounding that little peninsula down there at the end. And, and on one side of you, you got, uh, 
um, San Diego International, and on the right-hand side, you've got the uh, Naval Air Station at Coronado. And uh, you're just tooling around. You know, you're on, you're on freak with them, but, uh, you know, no big deal. That does sound nice. I'm pretty jealous. They're super accommodating. Yeah, took a ton of fantastic photos. Uh, I did uh, do a YouTube video, of course. No, no um, ATC or comms with this one because of where we mounted the the cameras. I couldn't get a, I couldn't get the um, uh, cables to them. So, um, but that's up on YouTube, and uh, you can go check that out if you want. It was a lot of fun. He uh, he seems to have a certain routine, and he probably did it with you too, John. Once he hit once he hit the coast, did you go down down the coast with him too? Yeah, we went up the coast to La Jolla. Yeah, I think. yeah, that's right. When you when yeah. you leave and you head to the towards the coast, you come out right over top of La Jolla. So do you start doing some like steep turns and? <laughs> Yeah, we have hammerheadish type stuff. <laughs> looking for uh looking for some whales if we could. Yeah. Yeah, he's um what does he call it? His uh he calls it his uh his wife is the domestic flight resource officer or something like that. <laughs> she, she, she does she <laughs> Yeah, she doesn't allow the uh the aerobatics, you know, the domestic flight officer. So uh yeah. But he goes. That doesn't mean we can we can't yank and bank it a little bit. So we did a uh, three and a half G's and some turns and only a half uh, half negative, three and a half positive. It was a blast. I, I could see how doing the aerobatics and that would be a, would be so much fun. Um, there's two more of those that his um, club owns, I guess. And so he's part owners in this particular one, that white and blue one that you always see yeah. him in. And then there's like uh, a, a more of a red one, or a red and blue one, and in another color I forget. I think it's also more blue, more blue than it is white. But uh, they do they do tours in them. Um, there's other guys that are commercially rated, I guess, and they take people up. So that's uh, pretty cool. The hangar was beautiful. There's yeah. a nice little bar in it and stuff. And there's a there's like this. Um, this one wall with all the flight gear set out on it with um with the with the uh Snoopy hats and and um uh, parachutes and stuff like that. I think they were doing work to the hangar when I was out there last time. Oh really? he had it parked they had it parked outside and I remember walking over to it and they were doing a bunch of stuff where they had some other plane in there or something was oh, going okay. on. Like they didn't have all the planes in that hangar at that during that period of time. Yeah, well the hangar only sits one uh, uh holds one plane. Um and then one of the other ones was outside under the covered uh, parking. Yeah. And I don't know where the other one was at the time. But uh, that was a blast. The landing was a little sporty. It started getting a little squirrely and, and, uh, and um, some uh, crosswinds. So the, the landing got, got to be a little, uh, had a little pucker factor in there, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's tailwheel, man. It's tailwheel. Yeah, tailwheel. He's he's sitting in the back, you know, landing this thing. It's uh it's sketchy. Yeah, you know, and the craziest thing I thought about the whole plane was heel brakes. So yeah, I've never flown with them. Did you see the picture of it? Did I send you that? I don't know. I've if seen I did. I've seen aircraft with them, but I've never I've never used them. I'm just trying to envision. You know, you're you're landing. 
you're landing and 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 you're you know you're all over the rudder right when you're landing you know doing corrections but at the same time you got to have your heels on these brakes and pushing them in equally so you don't spin it one way or the other and at the same time you're i mean that's a lot of coordination that would that would seem to take a long time to get used to well i mean so is just using the rudder right <laughs> well says the 172 pilot yeah <laughs> yeah so anyways good times um and uh looks like you know we'll probably be doing uh, san diego state university for our uh high school uh camp every year um until we outgrow it which i don't see us doing anytime soon uh, which is the reason why we went to that venue is because we um outgrew biola so um so i look forward to going to see him in the next uh next several years each time we get out there and do some more flying with him so Anyway, shout out to uh, Bill Rote for that. Thanks a lot for the flight, and uh, looks forward to doing more of that, as well as uh, the uh, the uh, Thanksgiving flight, of course. So, woohoo! Thanks, Bill. Yeah, I think at this point I'm the only person who hasn't on the podcast who hasn't flown with him. You're due. I guess I am. I'm going to have to get myself down to San Diego. I tried, but uh, his uh, six was in the shop when I went when I was down there a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. I haven't technically flown with him. I've flown next to him. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. In separate airplanes. All right. But, uh, yeah, flown flown next to him. Okay. I'll, I'll we buy actually, that. when we were out at uh, Catalina, we actually talked about uh, me going out in the Great Lakes with him, and he goes, "It might be a snug fit, though." So I, yeah. I, I took I, I took that for what it was, and <laughs> so I'm working hard. I really am. If anybody's watching my other videos, you'll see why. But uh, I'm working hard to uh, to uh, make myself less snug in something like a Great Lakes. You are killing it at the gym, my friend. You are killing it. Having fun. I actually absolutely. This, I, I, I'm enjoying CrossFit. I, usually, when I train, I'm like sore as hell for days. But doing the CrossFit, I'm I'm wiped out at the end. I'm like a, a just a, a puddle mess on the floor. But <laughs> but I'm not sore. I mean, I'm slightly sore in little areas. But I mean, and uh, I I can't say that I'm dropping weight, but everything's changing. And if you see the videos, um, I've already, I've had several people come up to me and they say from the day one video posted to, I think, uh, I think I'm posting 17 or 18 tonight. Um, they said, you can already tell. And I'm, and I'm like, oh, I, I appreciate that. And I'm going to keep going. So, but Well, anyway. with what you're doing, I'm sure you're gaining muscle too. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, that I see in the, in the mirror already. So, which it's, it's awesome. But anyway, we'll go back yeah. to flying. Yeah. Well, don't hurt yourself doing that. No, a lot, no, no, a lot no. of people get hurt doing CrossFit. So, but but if but, you don't do it right, exactly. And I've got I've got I'm surrounded by a, a group of very very good trainers, so they they keep me safe and not doing stupid things. Um, but anyway, <laughs> to to go back what Brad was saying, yeah, I, I uh, you, you definitely got to get down to San Diego and see Bill. Um, he he is a great guy and he's a very good pilot and. Uh, I, I think the uh, I think the Great Lakes would be a, a kick in the pants to go. I've always wanted to do open cockpit, so it's on my bucket list. You also can't be very tall. That's one of the other things he said. That so. windshield up front isn't there isn't much to it, and the top of my head was already in the in the in the wind stream, you know, in the wind in the breeze. So, yeah, it's weird because you're stepping into the plane instead of 
you know, from the top instead because there's no doors, obviously, right? right? So it's just a whole different feeling when you've got that sheet metal all the way up to your shoulders, pretty much. It just it feels weird. So now with that one, do you have to wear a chute? No, we didn't do any aerobatics. Okay. You do if you're going to do aerobatics, but, you know, if you're just, just tooling around VFR like we did. I mean, we did some steep turns and stuff, but uh, nothing upside down. Cool. And you're you're pretty far in there. Yeah. It's like Chris is saying, it's it's definitely, uh, it's more playing around you than you, you think. <laughs> yep. And um, it's uh, it's sometimes a little bit difficult to talk because you know that wind is always trying to you know open your mic and stuff. So there's a lot of wind noise going on. Oh, but uh, definitely a lot of fun. I I would definitely do it again and again and again. And I see why he does. Um, mm-hmm. th- that plane <laughs> sitting at um, Montgomery Field, and then his uh, Cherokee Six is over at uh, Palomar. And it's funny, I was asking about uh, hangar costs, because um, there's just there's so many airports in that SoCal area, just tons. So you'd think, because of that, there's so much uh, um, competition, that pricing would be pretty good. But Palomar is like three times the cost that Montgomery Field is for, for a uh, hangar. It's crazy. There's a lot of humans and a lot of good weather. Yeah. Yeah, the weather weather is is a good factor out there for sure. I mean, there's not a lot of bad days to go flying, so they have very very consistent weather. Just got to be you know aware of the uh, marine layer probably more than anything. So, which is what we are th- thought we were going to run into, but it cleared right up, so that was nice. You, you know, one of the weird things that I find when I fly down in SoCal is, especially when you're down all, along the coastline with a lot of VFR pilots, is the way that everybody refers to themselves. It's it's almost like the only other place that I've heard the kind of calls they were making was when we were going into Osh uh, in, in 2015 with Brad. But uh, it was, uh, you know, blue and white Cessna or, or, or you know, whatever there was, they're, they're calling their colors out. And, and I've, I've never heard that anywhere else. Maybe it's just me, but I know up here in, in NoCal, nobody ever calls it that way. And, and that's how you tell, you can tell that somebody's from the San Diego, L.A. area up here is if they're, if they're calling out colors. Do you guys have that yeah. where you're at? Yeah, a lot of col- just color and type instead of just uh, type and, and number. Huh? And you're not supposed to. Right. The aim is pretty specific on no, you're supposed to use your your you know type and call sign or your type type and call sign or end number. Yeah. That's, yeah. See, and that's what I thought too. And I've always like, why are they calling out colors? Why? But I guess there's just so much. There's but so it, much traffic going up and down the coast down there that, that, that I don't know, maybe that's how they're telling they're looking out for each other or something. Yeah, when we go into um, a lot of these un, you know, non-towered airports for different fly-ins and stuff, a lot of people do that same thing. And honestly, I agree that it's a better solution because I'm not looking for the t- person's in number in front of me. I'm looking for the type and what color it is. But absolutely. It, not that you could see it. Visually, it makes more sense. <laughs> right. But I understand what the regs are trying to do there. You know, you don't you don't want to have two different systems, one for towered and one for non-towered. White Cessna high wing. A Cessna, yeah, a that's, white Cessna high wing. That's uh, that's very descriptive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you just described ninety nine percent of the Cessnas on the planet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
So, um, so Mark, you've been you've been getting to do a little bit more flying lately. Yeah, uh, I, are you you still working on the instrument? Um, I actually I've, I've backed off of it just because I don't have the I can't dedicate the time right now to to to, to solely focus on it. Um, I I did some flying with with Keith the other day in his Cirrus because he's going to do the group arrival uh, into Osh, um, which I was supposed to do with him, and then I I I backed out early earlier this year thinking that I had conflicts, and then it turns out that I've got that window around Osh is wide open as far as my conflicts. Uh, so get out here. I, I wish I could. I, the, the cheapest, the cheapest stuff that I can find right now, just because it's so close is, is almost seven or $800 by the time I fly there and back. So it, it's almost cost, it's cost prohibitive to, to go for, you know, three days, four days, whatever the case may be. But, uh, plus whatever, you know, money I spend there, you know, uh, but yeah. anyway, um, for that kind of money, I'd probably rather have three flights it, in three days in Osh. It, exactly, exactly. So, uh, getting back to the flying that I was doing, but um, I was I was doing safety pilot with Keith, uh, and he was in Foggles the whole time. We shot a ton of approaches. I think we did like seven or eight different approaches in one day. Flew up north to a small uh, uh, airport that's got a got a cafe. Uh, uh, on the airport right there, had had some breakfast, and then and then came back and shot a couple more approaches. But every time I do that with him, I I just learn a ton, and I become more and more comfortable with the system and how the approaches are flown and and everything else. So, um, I actually for the first time uh, here a couple of months ago flew instead of flying for fun, which is normally what most of my flying is. I actually flew for a purpose. Uh, my daughter Haley had uh, had her second hip surgery late last year, and she's had to go uh, into the Bay Area, into Redwood City, for follow-up appointments. And uh, so those that have been listening for a while know that I'm, I'm outside the Sacramento area, and Redwood City is in basically just south of San Francisco. And if you know the traffic here, it is just brutal. Um, they say, you know, Google Maps will tell you, oh, it'll take you two and a half hours to get to Redwood City. And that's on a, on a three o'clock in the morning on, at, you know, Sunday. You know, there, yeah, there's no way that you can make that. Um, <laughs> my wife, my wife had yeah. to take her a handful of times. And it was the last time I think there was one time it took them like four and a half hours to get home, if, if not longer. And, um, San Carlos Airport is literally right there. It's on the uh, east side of uh, Highway 101, and Redwood City is on the opposite side, down about um, maybe two or three miles to the uh, to the Stanford Medical Center. So I, I looked at my wife, and I'm like, I can take her, and I'll happily fly into San Carlos and 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 go. And so for the first time ever, for a purpose, uh, we f- we flew from here. We we grabbed the Cirrus and. We flew into San Carlos, grabbed an Uber, went to her appointment, spent our time there, grabbed an Uber back to the airport, jumped in the plane, VFR, direct right over, uh, right over Oakland International and, and headed home. And we were home in, you know, like, like 45 minutes. And that sounds uh, like a medical write off. <laughs> it absolutely. That was like, yeah. I don't know why we didn't do this before. My, my, my wife is very, very involved being a nurse. She's very involved in my, my daughter's recovery and, and everything. And I get that. And, and, uh, she, she just, uh, will not fly general aviation with me, with anybody, not just me, but she just doesn't has she has a, a phobia, I guess, about small aircraft. But, um, so I've let her do these appointments and it's just the last, the one before I flew in. 
it, she was just she was wiped out by the time she got home. She's like, you know what? It's the final appointment. We know she's doing good. Go for it. If you want to take her, go for it. So when we did that, I came back and you know we were definitely at home in time for dinner. And she's like, oh, that's not even fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, honey, I've, I've offered several times to fly you guys in, and and, and she's like, nope, not going to happen. But <laughs> but that uh, but but to be there's able, hope one day it, she'll it, see the benefit. Uh, hopefully, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath or crossing fingers or anything. <laughs> and of course, there's Xanax. That, that might be your friend. <laughs> she, she said it would have to be cold dead hand, cold dead body or heavily medicated. And I went, I could get you some Valium and some Xanax, but but you know. <laughs> So, but, but to be able to use general aviation for, for that purpose, it was, it, by the time all was said and done, I mean, for what it cost me to go into the Bay Area versus the time that it was taking them to go down there, do their thing, drive back home. I mean, it was, it would be, it was almost like a full day going down and back. And, and I, I had an hour and a half total of, of, uh, of Hobbs time, uh, maybe just a little bit more, but, uh, and we were we were there, did the appointment, got out of there, and, and and as we were taxiing out onto the runway, I looked over at Highway 101, and it was a parking lot. The traffic was not moving. And as we took off, they were still sitting there, and I was like, bye, I'm out of here, and you're stuck there. And um, Yeah, there's nothing quite like that. It, 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 it's a really good feeling, and I've done that a couple of times when I used to work in the in the Bay Area I, that I was able to, and the, the Highway 80 which you know crosses the country. Highway 80 was standstill uh, near uh, Travis Air Force Base or Fairfield, and I'm cruising right along, you know. And I just you just look down and go, you know, I need to do this more on a regular basis. But sometimes it's just cost prohibitive. But anyway, yeah, I've done a couple of other trips uh, into the Bay Area, um, just quick business trips. We have a, a couple of offices there, so I've uh, grabbed the plane, flown in. Uh, either to back into San Carlos or, or back into Palo Alto. Um, and I will apologize to my friends in the Bay Area for not saying, contacting you. And, um, and you know, usually I, I would try to reach out to, you know, like Fred or or Ron or, you know, somebody like that that's that's out there and, and, and you know, maybe try to grab lunch. But uh, it's usually there for business, do what I have to do, get back in the plane and get home. Um, so my... My schedule has been maxed out lately, so I'm, I feel very fortunate that I have some some downtime this evening to be able to be here on the podcast with everybody. I, it it just feels so few and far between that I get to make anymore. But uh, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's been. I've actually got quite a few more hours. I'm I'm. I think if I look at my logbook, I'm. I if if I haven't surpassed 300 hours, I'm really really close. So, nice. oh wow, yeah, I, I I put a lot of hours in late last year and earlier this year. So, yeah, nice. I think I just passed. Uh, I'm in the mid two fifties or something. Two fifty something. I need to do more. I, I was start flying more. I was actually <laughs> I was actually supposed to fly down to Yuma for a uh, for a friend's uh, retirement ceremony from the Marine Corps. Oh. He just retired as a lieutenant colonel and. Uh, he's already in West Palm Beach flying. He's got a gig where he's flying uh, um, uh, commercial helicopters, and he got a type rating for the Cessna Citation. So 
pretty 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 rough gig living in Florida on the beach. <laughs> uh, you know, flying well, you corporate should, gigs. You could still fly down there and visit him. True, true. That's a long cross country, but uh, but absolutely. No, I was supposed wow. to go down to Yuma and and and, uh, and be there for the ceremony, but uh, um, that plane still because it was getting ready to go into the annual, and there was a conflict with the total hours, and they still hadn't uh, fixed the second radio. It was really really bad, even when we went down to uh, Catalina last year. Yeah, I remember that radio. Yeah, it was a, it was a pain. Anytime I tried to broadcast on it, it would just blow out the frequency. So um, I know that in the this annual they're going to upgrade both radios to WAS, and uh, uh, they'd be you know perfectly good brand new radios. So so anyway, that's that's pretty much it for me. It's it's uh, I'd like to be flying a lot more, but uh, but working time has has been kind of tight here lately. So got to got to pay for the. Got to got to do the job to pay for the fun, I guess. That's the deal. I keep uh, I keep telling my wife. I said I've only got a, like a few more years, like a couple of more years of uh, this IT work that I've been doing in me. I just I just don't have the passion for it. Uh, I, and I'd like to just do something full time aviation, um, but what I don't know. I, I well, did. I did this, what I know. It's about. I did the IT thing for about about a decade, and it it literally. Yeah, I feel your pain. I, it wore me out, it, and it wasn't it it wasn't the job. It was the people that surrounded you. They're constantly calling and asking you questions, and can you do <laughs> this? And can you come do this? And that's like for for a while you don't mind, but it's it. it I, I did server side stuff and, and setting up new server rooms and running wire and all that stuff, but I, I was never desktop support. But that just wears you out. Yeah, that's probably the one thing that uh, keeps me going is actually the, the the people I work with is is fantastic. It's you know it's not like working for the church is not like working for you know, regular X Y Z corporation. Makes, so that, that makes a big difference. So now it's, I uh, now I now I, just, now I just do civil engineering. So it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps you busy though, man. I know you're you're a busy guy. It's uh it's you know it's it's uh it's kind of a treat whenever we're able to to get you on here. And we've had you on for is this three in a row now? I think it is three in a row. We might have might have broke a record. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> At least in the last couple of years. So yeah. Uh, so what's uh, what's Minnesota summer flying like? Well, so far it's been sparse, uh, sparser than I would care for. Of course, I'm supposed to be over in John's neck of the woods right about now, but uh, the Saratoga's down. Uh, I did manage to get my first glider flights in back in May, um, and that was a great time. Uh, you know, um, <clears throat> had to drive obviously somewhere out from under the class Bravo uh, at Minneapolis, but. Uh, set up a set up some time with a an instructor and uh, you know got a little bit of ground instruction and basically uh, dragged the plane out to the end of a runway at this little uh, non-towered field in Fairbo, Minnesota, and uh, hooked it up to uh, the tow plane and launched um, and. Cool. Uh, that was a real hoot. Um, got to experience adverse yaw for 
probably basically the first time. You don't get a lot of that in Moonies and Pipers. Um, but you sure do in the tow plane. And there's that string. There's some yarn right in front of you that's basically, uh, in, in addition to showing you if you've got lift, it's it can show you if you're uh, uncoordinated. And, so you know, stepping on the ball, you step on the string. You step on the other end of the string, so which is the hardest part, right? So it's it's the opposite of the ball. So mm-hmm. when the string's to the right, you have to step on the left. Okay. Um, and it's pretty sensitive. You know, those huge long wings, uh, a little bit of stick movement uh, makes a lot of difference. And, you know, it's a glider. You only need to fly it with a couple of fingers. It doesn't require like a fist hard grip but you know even when you roll in you of course have to put in uh have to put in rudder and then even once you stop the roll so you roll into the bank and you get it when you get to your whatever your bank angle is let's say 45 degrees then you have when you stop the roll you have to apply rudder in the opposite direction to maintain coordination and it's the same when you roll back. When you start to roll back to level, you put in same side rudder. And then when you uh, roll back and are moving the stick, basically, let's say to the left to, to return to level flight, you've got to put left rudder in there to, to maintain coordination as you go. Um, so and of course, this, you is this do something that. that you've been wanting to do for a while. Is, is gliders been something that you've always thought, you know? Yeah, as far as and, getting the rating, or you just wanted to go see what it's all about? I, I wanted to see what it was all about, and I've been kind of curious about getting the rating because I've always heard you know people say it makes you a much better pilot, and I can yeah. I can start to see why because um, you know without that big fan up front, there's there's some more <laughs> technique that you have to master, um, and the if you have your powered certificate, the the glider add on is is pretty straightforward. You basically um, you don't have to take a knowledge test again. Right. Uh, you you do a set number of or a minimum number of flights before you can be endorsed to solo. You get your solo endorsement in your logbook, and then you can do solos. Um, and they before you solo, you cover some uh, abnormal procedures like a a, a tow rope failure so <coughs> during the tow. That's an engine out. That's that's <laughs> sort of like an engine out, yeah. Except that the impossible turn is very, very possible. Yeah, um, you can return to the airport above two hundred feet, wow, uh, pretty easily. And then and they make sure that you know how. Um, and uh, you go through the you know here's here's the checklist, which is very short because there's no engine, uh, <laughs> so you know there's no run up, there's no none of that. Um, the tow plane actually has to go out and fly a trip around the pattern before it takes you up oh. uh, to make sure that it's okay to fly. Um, so while we were getting set up, the, the tow pilot took it out and, and went around. Um, and a lot of it is just kind of getting used to recovering the plane, you know, the, the teamwork involved and in dragging the plane back to the, to the end of the runway. Um, and taking good care of the canopy. The canopies are several thousand dollars of of plexiglass, and you really don't want to break them. And so, make sure that it's locked. Make sure that you never grab it. Make sure that you are, you know, doing everything you can to preserve that canopy so that it's not scratched or damaged or cracked or anything else. 
Um, it was as much about that. Once once you get in the air, it's it's just a you know it's an airplane with adverse yaw, so it's more like a tailwheel in that regard. <clears throat> but you know you glide it in. It's got speed brakes, which is a little bit different. Um, the the pattern approach is similar. You know you set up your downwind at about a thousand feet, uh, but then you basically use speed brakes uh, to control your pitch. Uh, and so you, if you, if you tried to glide down without speed brakes, uh, and fly a somewhat normal pattern, you'd never make it. Uh, you'd, you'd overfly the entire airport. So you use the, you pull the speed brakes in to start your descent. And then you use those, you bring them in or out depending on, on how much descent you need in order to make it back, uh, to the runway. Uh, and then the speed brakes, if you pull hard enough, are also the brake brakes on the wheels. Uh, and then you slow it down, slow it down, slow it down, and and let one wing or the other fall. The wings have titanium blocks on them, uh, on the wingtips, so that they can scrape along on the runway without damaging the aircraft. Speaking of that, what, uh, what model of a sailplane was it? Uh, it was a Schweitzer, and I can't for the life of me remember the specific model number. Um, but they are, uh, they make a lot of trainer gliders. This is fiberglass, uh, it's a beautiful looking, uh, bird, um, fiberglass, uh, aircraft. Mm. We have a, a glider port that's, that's right out here by us. And what's funny is that even before I had my, uh, pilot's license, I, I took my wife out there as kind of a surprise. I think it was an anniversary, um, for our anniversary. I was like, Hey, we're going to go glider flying. I didn't tell her until we got there. Um, and, uh, but they were down, uh, at the time for insurance reasons for something that like their, something about their insurance wasn't uh, up to date. So they'd been down for a little while and I didn't call ahead of time. I just (laughs) was dumb about the whole, whole thing. I just, I just always see the sign when we go out to the lake that, uh, you know, we're open glider rides, blah, 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 but not the case that day. So I've never, never been up in it myself. You know, it's funny you mention it. I, I've tried to go, I think, three more times since then. And once was canceled. The most recent was canceled due to weather. It was just bad. Um, you know, thunderstorms and, and things that you don't want to be in any airplane to, to, to experience, much less a glider. Um, but the previous two times, the, it was like the tow pilot's wife had just gone into labor and so he wasn't able to make it. And then the second time it was like, well, he's still on like paternity leave and my four backup pilots, tow plane pilots are all busy. That's <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Sounds like you could have a part-time job real easily there. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, you know, this could be fine. Um, and they have a winch also. Get your commercial um, and go to town. Oh Yeah. I was going to ask about that. Yeah, they do. They have a, a winch with a Corvette V8 engine, but I think <laughs> it takes even more human beings to run that whole operation. <laughs> um, and I don't know what the checkout would be like. Uh, but I'm kind of, you know, with Civil Air Patrol, um, my son, who's a cap cadet, uh, can get five, uh, well, in addition to five powered flights, he can also get five glider flights. Um, and that would start him working toward his rating. Um, 
and uh, it's kind of something that the whole that the whole family can enjoy because you you know you can have somebody working the the uh, the recovery side, so moving the the they have a little like electric golf cart kind of a thing to to pull the plane the the glider around, and everybody kind of gets involved in it. Um, and of course, you can solo a glider at fourteen, um, and there's no medical, there's no there's no real complexity to it. So it'd be and it'd be a good introduction to flying. So this uh, being a um, a trainer type glider, I guess it probably didn't have ballast in it. You can, um, and I think if the person f- um, is under about 145 pounds, they needed to put ballast in it to okay. maintain balance. That's that thing that I never quite get. Like I, I like watching a lot of uh, um, YouTube videos of glider pilots, and it just uh, some sometimes they're ridge flying for for hours, right? And mm-hmm. it just blows my mind. It's just like I cannot believe how long they're staying up there. And then, what if the wind just dies off? Like, where are you going now? You know, how far away are you from the airport that you took off from? So some of these guys seem to go forever. And they're and they have that ballast. They have that water ballast in there and stuff. And I'm just not sure how they're using it and so forth. So for this plane, the ballast is purely weight and balance, and it's iron. It's just a slab of iron that you put um, underneath the front passenger's seat, and it oh, okay. helps keep the helps keep the aircraft in balance. Uh, and that's all it's for. Um, but you, it, you know, your question about gliding out. You know, even this plane, which was not a super high performance glider, has about a forty to one glide ratio. So for every foot that you drop, you're going forward forty feet. So if you're dropping, if you're a mile above ground, you've got a forty mile glide radius. Um, and now that gets a little bit weird when you are thinking about you know the last fifty feet of vertical drop. Turns into you know two thousand feet of horizontal as long as there's nothing to hit, right? Yeah. So you can get a half a mile out of that last fifty feet, provided there aren't any trees. Um, but you know, a higher performance glider, uh, something that would be used more competitively, um, have, will have sixty to one glide ratios. Um, so you can go some pretty ridiculous distances without them. And there are some folks there on the field at Fairbo that have self-launching gliders who will, um, there was a guy who had actually got in his glider, launched and flew to Alexandria, Minnesota, which is about a 200 mile trip each way, um, in his glider. And he just launched once, flew 200 miles, and flew 200 miles back, and never had to turn the the engine on. <laughs> you know, that's just, crazy. Just after you know, probably five or ten minutes of of burning a tiny little engine with with hardly any fuel in it. Um, basically, he was saying, even in these trainers, you can in in good weather when you've got good lift, which we do much of the time this time of year. Uh, off of the ground, we get a lot of vertical development. He said, "You can, your bladder is the limiting, uh, the limiting factor." <laughs> yeah, for sure. I imagine it is. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'd like to get back and solo, and maybe even finish it off and get the full glider add-on. Um, I don't know how committed I'll be to 
maintaining currency. You, you can't fly them at all here in the winter. Um, first of all, it's cold, but second, there's just no lift. Yeah. So yeah. what was your, what was your altitude you, uh, pulled for uh, pulled the cable from? 3,000? Uh, 2,500 MSL. So we okay. were only about 1,500 feet up, but we were starting to run into ceilings. Oh. oh. And how long did the ride last? Um, I want to say like eight minutes okay. from that altitude. Okay. So it wasn't it wasn't super, super long. Um, yeah. But you did get... The part that I needed to work on was basically maneuvering and uh, landings takeoffs and landings. So it was good to do that. Cause I think I got five toes uh, oh. in, into it. So it's the most expensive way to go, right? Cause you're paying for the tow plane to tow you. You're playing, paying for the flight instructor. You're paying for the plane. Um, so the, the pre solo, uh, pre solo, pre cross country costs of gliding are fairly high, but once you get, um, your solo or your certificate where you can start flying distances, the costs go way down because you'll pay for one tow and you'll be up for several hours. Huh. Wonder what, uh, I'm trying to think of the one out here, Pleasant Valley. Yeah. I wonder Let's see, that's tie-down fees, that's fuel. I was trying to see how much... That's the wrong web page. While, you guys are, while you're talking, I'm going to try and find All what right. they charge out there. Uh, I've started looking at getting my CAP Form 5. Uh, we have a G1182 in our CAP squadron. And uh, it, I don't think it would be too hard to get the Form, fly, form 5 banged out. I just have to get a little bit of time... Uh, with an instructor to get oriented to the to the airplane, I, I sat in the plane and powered it up to a ground power unit and was able to kind of run through the checklists and and get everything figured out. Um, but actually, getting some stick time in that airplane would be would be handy if I can just find the time and coordinate my schedule. The uh, the other I've had two flights so far in about the last thirty days. Well, actually, in the last fourteen days, um, both of them were. I put 0.2 on the tack um, for each of the two flights. Uh, the first one I went out, I was going to uh, try to do a little currency flying and just do some pattern work. And I did one takeoff and uh, I was like, boy, those storm clouds are out there and they're kind of getting closer, but you know, forecast says they're not going to be here for a while. And I, as I managed a beautiful greased it on landing in the Mooney, um, the tower came on and was like, so do you want to, you know, do a taxi back or do you want to, you know, how do you want to get back to the end of the runway? And by the way, we have um, e extreme weather, a, a form of a level six thunderstorm, 12 miles north of the airport headed this way. Holy smokes. And I'm like, uh, yeah, no, I'm putting it away. <laughs> I'm staying on the ground and getting back to the hangar rapidly. And she's like, oh, you got time for one more. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm already below my personal minimums for thunderstorms. Thanks. I'm going away. Like, yes. I don't want to be trying to put it in the hangar when this thing bears down on me. Um, so got the heck out of Dodge and, and got away and came back a few days later and took uh, the arrow was available. So I took the arrow out. Again, similar, similar goals and uh, take off out of the arrow and the weather is fine. It's beautiful blue skies and uh, I pull the gear and uh, 
you know, there's a big gear unsafe light that comes on when the gear is in transit um, and goes off when the gear is up or down. And this time I got the gear unsafe light, but I also got the gear warning horn sounding. And I'm like, well, that's unusual, but I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, well, I noticed that we've disabled the, there's an automatic gear extension feature in the, in our arrow that has been removed and placarded off. And I'm like, well, maybe, maybe something's changed. Maybe this is just something that's happened since I last flew the arrow. And now the, the gear warning horn goes off and I'm waiting for it to, to stop, you know, and, and, you know, I've got no green lights. So, you know, the gears doing something. Um, but the warning light stays on and the horn keeps going and, you have that trend, that moment where it's like you've, you're nice and ahead of the airplane and you're starting to think about dialing in frequencies and grabbing ATISs. And then all of a sudden this like pulls you right back and you're like, <laughs> okay, so this flight is doing something very abnormal. And now I've got a whole bunch of new decisions to make about what I'm going to do next. And, you know, so you start running through scenarios and I'm like, well, I've got this this thing is saying that it's unsafe and well, you know, probably, and and I'm, I'm flying the airplane and making sure that I'm, you know, well away from the ground and like, well, I'm I'm about a thousand feet up now and the plane's flying. Okay. Um, I guess I'll just try to to put the the gear down yet because I'm still well below the the gear speed. Um, And so I drop the gear and, you know, the, the light, stays on for a while and I can hear the gear moving so that I can tell something's going on. And then the light and the buzzer stop, but I only get two green. I get the main, uh, right main's green and the nose is green, but the left is not. And yeah, that, that groan, <laughs> that was kind of what I had inside. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is, this is really bad. Okay. So I've already decided that I'm coming back home. And so I key the mic and I tell the tower like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming back. I've got a, I've got something going on with the gear and I'm not sure what. And he says, well, you want to do a flyby and you can, and I can take a look out the window and, and we can take a look. I'm like, Oh, well, that sounds like a great idea. So I have a few minutes to set this up and I start my, start turning it back around and, and I pull the gear back up again. And again, the warning light and the the buzzer and they just stay on. I'm like, okay, this is, this is great. And I drop them one more time, hoping that I'm going to get some kind of a different result. And, uh, the warning light goes off and the buzzer goes off. And this time I get three green and I'm like, okay, this is hopeful, (laughs) you know? So I do a low approach right past the, the, the runway. And then I, and he's like, yep, you got all three down. Uh, that looks fine from here. Whether or not they're locked, yeah, well, he can't tell. Yeah, really. right. But I got the three green, which is a good yeah. indication. So, which, which which comes from that lock sensor, doesn't it? It does. Yep. It, it's the very last thing. the The green light is the last thing that happens as the gear stops moving. Um, and so now I'm I'm flying past the tower, and I've got to climb away, and I've got the gear out, and I'm like, I've got three green, and I really don't want to mess with that. Um, so I'm like, I'm just going to leave the gear out and I'm going to fly. And I've got the gear out. I had two notches of flaps in so that I could, could get the plane slowed down adequately for dealing with, uh, the flyby. 
And I'm like, I've got the gear out and I got two notches of flaps in. I'm at full throttle and this thing is flying, is climbing at like 50 feet a minute. And there are (laughs) trees coming at me from the other end of the runway. It's a boat. It is. Oh my gosh. I mean, the plane's not a fantastic climber to begin with, but when you leave the gear down, it's, it was really bad. Um, but the speed starts to come up a little bit and it starts to climb and we, you know, okay. But I had to climb almost out of the Delta before I could get close to pattern altitude and turn, you know, start my downwind, um, came back around and I make a really, really, really gentle landing on the runway. He cleared me for the primary runway, which I thought was a little bit nuts because, you know, you're just closing the whole airport if I have a gear malfunction, but but it turned out fine and, you know, landed and I was just like, okay, I'm done. I'm putting this thing in the barn <laughs> uh, and let everybody know, you know, squawk the squawk the gear malfunction and write the whole thing up in nice details so that we can work it. And so I haven't seen how that's come out yet, but I, I talked to our maintenance guy and he said, yeah, there was another group that reported some problems with it. And they took it into the mechanics and they swung the gear 12 times and they could never reproduce it. But You've got some more information, so maybe that'll help. I don't know. Like, great. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I've, I've logged 0.4 hours in two takeoffs and landings uh, <laughs> in the last 14 days. Uh, and now I'm just getting ready for Osh. Um, I'm going to fly down to visit some friends in Madison and then Milwaukee and then head up to Osh and then back up here and, uh, and then drive up to... Uh, up to Camp Ripley for uh, encampment for Civil Air Patrol. Woohoo! Awesome. So that's been my adventures. Wow. Well, they've been, well, they've been exciting. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was saying. <laughs> really, not what I was looking for. <laughs> no. 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 Hours no excitement. over excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hours of boredom surrounded by moments of sheer terror. There you go. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't get up to sheer terror level, but it certainly got my attention. <laughs> so well, well. Hopefully, these uh, next few ones will be uh, um, less exciting. Yeah, uneventful is kind of what I'm shooting for. Yes, uneventful. That's a better word for it. Ash will be exciting. Yeah. Well, I hope that I hope that Oshkosh is really exciting after I got the plane tied down. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Was it? Uh, uh, yeah, was that like that year I flew in with you? We saw the the cardinal with the uh, gimpy uh, with the gimpy uh, landing gear laying on its side. Yep, I had that one. I had the one with Mark where we landed, and then there was uh, an accident on the other end of the field that closed the airport. And then mm-hmm. I flew in with uh, with my son, and we were. 50 feet from a midair on short final coming into three, six. So I've had enough excitement in the aircraft at Oshkosh. I'm ready for calm and beer after and, you're down and cheese curds and cheese curds. Oh, cheese curds. Maybe a black cow at Artie and Ed's. And there's the trifecta. <laughs> <laughs> so John, you're up oh, me. Yeah. I'm just loving listening to all of you guys. You know, <laughs> Vicariously living through us? Okay. Yeah. One day I'll get back on the plane. I drive by an airport every day. Um, it's like you I had a kid and you stopped training. flying. Actually, that's not true. I quit my job. 
<laughs> and then I stopped <laughs> flying. Well, yeah, that'll do it. But you got a new job right away. Yeah, which came yeah. with a nice pay cut, which took away all my flying money. Oh, pay cuts are no fun. Yeah, but the quality of life overall has yeah. gotten so much better. So, And I actually, I am more related to aviation in certain ways. Um, so I was doing some some mapping stuff at work the other day and throwing in uh, throwing in VFR charts. Oh, cool! Playing around with those. So, uh, and we're doing some things with. Um, actually, I, I had a conversation last week where Osh started coming up, and I was like, "Why are we not there?" <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, "Yeah, we just started hearing about that." I was like, "Well, I go every year, so you yeah. know, if you want to extend me to a whole week, I'll you know." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fly me up there. I'll go. <laughs> I'm happy to man the tent for a week at Osh. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, and I looked it up, and one of our competitors is there. So I was like, see? Oh, they might even pay for a hotel. There you yeah. go. Well, that's all right. You wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> pay for an RV. That's 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 worth that. There you go. Yeah, that might go in for that. Who knows? It's probably the same cost of the hotels there. It's probably nicer. Yeah, true. So, uh, so maybe one, I don't really want to do sales stuff there, but um, you know, if it gets me a trip to Osh, I'll do it. But the, one of the lines of business for for my company is uh, the um, uh, beacons and and stuff like that. So, um, a lot of it's more like airliner style stuff, but they do do some smaller ones. So, beacons. Yeah, like search and rescue beacons, uh-huh. um, ELTs, lights, stuff like okay. that. ELTs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So I hear a lot of four or six, um, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So every once in a while, I get to think about aviation at work. It's kind of nice. I just wish I was Very flying nice. more. My daughter's got me a couple of uh, nice uh, red flashlights for uh, Father's Day. I asked for a handheld and a and a and a head head strap one. Head one. So, yeah. Yeah. For some night flying. So nice. nice. I've been I've been trying to figure out a way to get like a little miniature airport beacon to put on the house. Red and green, green and white, green and white. Okay. Yeah. Just cool. spinning spinning around. I don't know. That'd be I'm, fun. I might be the only one that's ever wanted that, but <laughs> I doubt it. You know, probably at the fly mart. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's probably not a bad idea. Could probably get a full-sized one, but I bet that's really illegal. I don't want a bunch of airplanes like <laughs> landing in my neighborhood. Probably yeah. wouldn't make my neighbors very happy either. But I, I bet you could find something at Osh. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, you definitely get runway lights or a taxi lights or something. Runway lights for the driveway would be interesting, but not real compatible with the snow removal. <laughs> you take them out for the. You put them in the summer and take them out for the winter, right? Yay. That'd be fine. That's a lot of people do here. <laughs> they have runway fine. lights there. <laughs> you meant like their yard lights? The yard lights. Yeah. We sometimes put the little fiberglass poles in right next to the driveway so you can see it when you're snow blowing or plowing or whatever. But we, Yeah, we don't get enough like foot snows to justify that. Yeah. We do. But... Uh, yeah, no, I, I wish I was flying. Makes me sad. My son's pretty excited about airplanes, though, so that, that gives me some hope. There you go. We're, uh, we're underneath BWI's uh, approach. 
or one of them. So they'll, they'll come over our house at like, I don't know, 2000 feet. Um, coming in and he will, he'll hear him from a mile away and he'll just be like, Oh, Oh, pain. <laughs> and he'll point to him. So he's been doing that a lot. So I'm curious to see how he does uh, when I FaceTime him from, uh, from Osh. I'm going to go to the flight line a couple times and do some FaceTimes and see. So nice. I- I'm hoping in like, you know, a couple years I'll be able to drag him up there. Oh, John, you know what we need to do when we, uh, we get to Osh this year? We, I've never done it is that, uh, that, um, uh, hypoxia chamber. There's a hypoxia chamber. There is, and it's kind of hard to get into. At least I tried last year, and I wasn't able. You gotta, you gotta schedule hours in advance or whatever to, right. to get to, to get to do it. So, but while we're there, we need to run over there and, and see what it takes to see if we can get in and be be something fun to talk about. That would be interesting. They have, I think they have you do the thing where you gotta, you know, spell your name and do, you know, do the alphabet and whatnot. And it's not a bariatric chamber. They do it by you wear a mask and they lower the oxygen concentration. No. Interesting. Yeah, you're you're in kind of a plexiglass um, um, square room, right? It's clear. There's chairs and stuff, and then there's everybody's wearing the the O2 full full on O2 type mask, or not O2, but oxygen mask. And mm-hmm. and um, yeah, like like you said, they just start reducing that and. Yeah, I think they crank up the nitrogen to displace the oxygen and the air that you're getting, and that yeah, probably isn't so consumable by your lungs. So yeah, we should go. We should go see if we can do that. It'd be a, it'd be a fun episode to talk about on at least one of our uh, quick casts. That would we should film it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Speaking of that, I got I got myself. Did you see that uh, that three axis uh, gyro? Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, three axis, oh. uh, yeah, gyro thing for my uh, camera or my phone. I got one of those too. Yeah, it, this thing is so cool, <laughs> so cool. I wish I could bring my. Uh, I wish I could bring my um, um, Segway. I have a Segway Mini Pro that I ride all over the campus. Um, I bought it a couple of weeks before Christmas, and I currently have about two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy miles on it, and I only use it at work. <laughs> Wow, that's yeah. that's that's a lot of rolling. Yeah, our our campus is pretty good size, but between it's it's probably in the neighborhood of a, almost a quarter mile between the main um, auditorium, our our main building, and my office. So, and wow. that's where that's where our main server room is. That's where the MDF is. So I, I'm over there quite a bit. So. Um, yeah, I, w- I did some practice videos of me rolling and then and then filming with this gyro, and it was so stable you'd thought I was flying a flying a flying a drone. Yeah, I'm interested to see how um, what I can get out of this thing at the uh, air show. So we'll be uh, we'll be there shooting again this year. Um, I know I've seen a lot of cool ideas floating by on um, videos we're looking to do. So. Um, yeah. Did you did you edit that video for uh, for Dave on the uh, on the B seventeen? No, I didn't actually. I haven't, that looked like uh, fun. I haven't done one one of those for a while. Yeah, looking at the show to do all all iPhone all iPad again. That's what I'm gonna try to do. See what happens. Well, I tell you, the quality of my cameras on this Note eight are as as good as anything I've ever shot with as far as the DSLR goes. I'm so yeah, I've impressed. got um. 
I've got some of those lenses, um, hopefully coming in before Osh. I'm still waiting. I should hear about oh. shipping next week. Is so that attached to the phone. Yeah. So I got a cinematic one that's coming in and then, um, we're looking at a couple other ones. I think David's getting a wide angle for some vlog type stuff. So there'll be some pretty cool content and hopefully some pretty high quality stuff coming out of our phones for this year. So we'll see how it goes. I'm going to have, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I wish I was just there for the whole week. Yeah, same here. I've gotten used to being there for the whole week, and I really, really, uh, you know, bum not being there for the the first part of it because of for props and hops. We're missing props yes. and hops. Props and hops is my favorite. That's Monday, so Monday oh, night, and then jambalaya is on Tuesday. We're missing that. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna have to miss jambalaya. I think because when does the? I have to check that. I've got my printed note of my field close at at eight or at six. I think it's at eight. Eight. I think it's at eight. And I could probably do jambalaya then. Um, if you go to Props and Hops, would you grab me a uh, grab me one of the uh, uh, glasses? I will do my best and uh, just leave it with Larry or whatever. Thursday night when we're there is the uh, donkeys having a. I'm not even going to say the name because it's not PC enough. But uh, he's having a <laughs> a party <laughs> with very large quantities of uh, meat products. Uh, I think he's smoking a bunch of stuff bacon i don't know all kinds of things so we're gonna have a, a big thing on uh thursday sounds terrible i forget what's going on the other couple nights but there's some stuff going on too so i'm excited i'll be there for the air show the night air show too the second one yeah i'm gonna miss the night air shows i'm gonna miss all the good all the good stuff oh yeah because you're leaving before the first one i sure am wednesday yeah tuesday yeah. get there you're Seriously. really doing this Osh thing wrong. John, um, you're just going to be showing up, and the night air show is just going to be getting started. I'm I'm assuming I'm going to miss most of it. I think I'm going to be... Well, you know what? I keep getting confused because my calendar is in Eastern time. <laughs> what, what time do you land locally there? I think... You know, and this is where I get confused. <laughs> I, I think it's either 8 or 9. I got to look. Oh, well, so the, you'll miss it. The tickets will always be in local time. Yeah. No matter which. No, they are, and I put it in my calendar. Oh, but you put it. You put local time in your calendar, but it's or your calendar. No, and I did it right, so it's right when it's there, but it's wrong when it shows up my calendar because it's (laughs) it's telling me Eastern. So I believe I arrive at eight twenty-two. Okay. Yeah, I imagine it starts by eight eight ish. It starts getting dark, doesn't it? I don't remember if it's eight or nine, but if only there were a way to find out. Yeah. Imagine that. Oh, I think it starts at nine. <sighs> oh, let's see. EAA night air show. Saturday, uh, Wednesday and Saturday, eight to ten p.m. There you go. So yeah. it should be over by the time I get up there. Probably. I should be arriving to Bacon if my flight gets in eight twenty-two. I'm probably leaving at nine, which probably means ten thirty. I'll be arriving. So, so no, I'm no sorry. night air show for you. Not the first Saturday. one. Second one, I'll be there for. That's true. And then we're getting up at O Dark Thirty again to get out. So sometimes, but I don't have to pack up a campsite, so that's nice. Yeah, I got that going for you. You stand with Donkey then? Uh, theoretically. All right. <laughs> if not, we'll figure it out. <laughs> Fluff up some grass. <laughs> Target's across the street, and I got a car. There you go. Well, well I've got a, I've got a tent in a spot, man. Yeah, but I can't get the tent back to you. Well, you just got to change your flight a little bit. Yeah, no, that was the cheapest flight. And I got to work that day, so, yeah. Anyways, 
I think we're reaching the end of our allotted time here. Yeah. This has been fun. I'm glad y'all flew. Can't wait to get back to flying. We have uh we have any shout outs though before we wrap up? One for sure. Yeah, I think we've got a shout out to Andy Hawkins, uh, who wrote us a little bit earlier this month. Uh and uh, has just had some nice things to say. And uh, he was uh, writing us uh, with some interest around sharing uh, the complexities of the airspace uh, in the UK, which I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to dive into and see if I can decipher a little bit. It it looks pretty interesting. He he does some flying out there and has a blog and uh, uh, he is at uh, adhawkins.wordpress.com and uh, might be worth might be worth checking out. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate the shout out. Yeah, he's got he's got a nice little site there. A lot of a uh, lot of information, a lot of pictures from the area that he flies in. And uh, yeah, like you were saying, he was talking about like episode sixty six. Was talking about that uh, California airspace, especially with with us going up to uh, Catalina. But uh, that UK airspace that he's got to deal with out there is is is, is pretty crazy too. So yeah, uh, Andy, thanks for the uh, thanks for reaching out to us, and thanks for listening, of course. And uh, hope all your flying is going well. Make sure and keep the uh, sunny side up and the greasy side down. Indeed. Any other shout outs before we move on? Just a preemptive shout out to Larry. He showed up at uh, Camp Bacon and staked out staked out our uh, campground just this morning at uh, kind of o dark thirty. And uh, I've seen some pictures, and it looks like the white elephant is already up. So big old tent that he brings down uh, is kind of a little community spot for the Camp Bacon residents to get together and chat and stay dry and out of the sun. Yeah, and shout out to uh, um, some of the others that helped him. Dan, Dan Coyne was there. Um, um, who was that? Uh, Martin Moran and Scott Lentz was all there helping him out, helping him out today. And of course, Mary, yeah. uh, I mean, um, Mary, Mary, Beth. Um, Mary Beth. Yeah. So man, did anyone notice the, the picture on Facebook? I mean, does it look like it's in the, in the same spot it was, or it feels like it's some, it's close, but not in the same spot that we've had. No, that's, no, it looks like that's the same it. spot. Is that right? With, okay. the, with the tree and everything. And, and it looks like nobody else is, uh, is there this time, or maybe one other person? But, yeah, no, uh, the other RV is there. We, you know what, you know what's the usual me? one that takes the, off that little area. Yep. Ah, I didn't see it. You know what's throwing me is on that one picture where it shows them, and they're just they've just got it all kind of laid out, and they're doing that top section, and you can see. I don't know if that's Larry's RV in the background, but you see his, uh, you see his, um, his little motorcycle, and there's RV. Then there's that yellow building back there. Is that not the Wi-Fi hut? That is the Wi-Fi hut. Why does that feel like this is not where we normally put everything? Aren't we normally like across from it instead of back behind it? Like it seems like we're way further back. Nope, that's that's the right spot. It's so weird. I'm so not oriented right with the way this thing's looking, but not that it matters. I don't see that other uh, RV. I see one RV here, but I don't see the one that was over in the corner. Yeah, that's Larry's RV. And then there's yeah. usually one like up by the street, right? Yeah, and I don't see that in these pictures. So uh, well, maybe it looks we like that spot back. Yeah, it looks like there's one that's there, but it's like kind of 
back a little further. So the whole street looks like it's open, which is nice. Oh, I just, I see. Okay. We're in the right spot. Cause I yep. look further down. I see the red, uh, I see the red showers, the red building with the showers. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's what messed me up. It's exciting. Yeah. Thanks everybody for everything you do to help set that up. It's going to be uh, sure. it's gonna be a fun year. Yeah. Hopefully the weather, uh, isn't like a million degrees. I don't want Phoenix weather. No, that makes two of us. Especially not this current weather we got right now. I like that picture that Larry put up with uh, all the tags, all the tags for all the uh, camping spots. He had the uh, anvil. He said the annual conversation with the camper space police. <laughs> <laughs> and he looks. He goes, "Oh, okay, you're good." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's you. <laughs> yeah, Dick you. said you guys were fine. Yeah, <laughs> as as we found out, we're 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 now up there in the uh, rankings. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap this up here. Let me know where they can find us online. Now that they might actually remember this time because we've been we've been cranking these out. But uh, Brad, let's go ahead and start with you. Sure, you can reach me via the email at uh, brad at inthepatternpodcast.com. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Brad Kane or with my name on the Facebook. And of course, my last name is spelled exactly like it sounds Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November. Awesome. And Chris, how about you? Yeah, you can uh, shoot, uh, shoot me an email at uh, chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. Uh, you can also find me on the Twitter machine as well, and it's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z, C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. And, of course, we've got our uh, In the Pattern Podcast uh, Facebook uh, page. All right. And, Mark, how about you? Yeah, you can always find me at uh, Mark at In the Pattern Podcast, uh, on Twitter as C-A Pilot Mark, on Instagram now, C-A Pilot Mark, and, of course, Facebook by my name, and uh, mine's a lot easier to spell than Brad's. So reach out. I'll, I'm happy to answer questions. All right. And for me, you can find me at John at inthepatternpodcast.com on uh, Twitter, pretty much anywhere else uh, at Pilot Conway. Um, for the entire podcast, you can reach us all at podcast at inthepatternpodcast.com or on Twitter is in the pattern, or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash in the pattern podcast. Like Chris mentioned earlier, uh, show notes for this episode and all the other episodes can be found on our website in the pattern Um, go ahead, send us any suggestions, comments. We love getting them. Um, if you want to go ahead on iTunes, rate the show, let her, let everyone else uh, know that you liked it. That would be appreciated as well. Uh, so with that, we're going to wrap up episode 69 of the In the Pattern podcast. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening. And remember, make left traffic. You're cleared for the option.